You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me Emily Siegel. Emily is a corporate mom and fierce friend. She's the host of the Connected Mom Life Podcast. She believes that authentic connections are not a nice to have, they're a must have. And she is on a mission to help moms create more of them because she knows we weren't made to mom alone and it's time to stop trying. Emily, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thanks, Joanne. I'm super pumped to be here. I think we have very similar missions in life to help people connect. Yeah, there's so much power in that connection. I was super pumped to hear from you and also just find your podcast and think, yes, this is what it's all about. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Okay. Fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So I live kind of in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, originally from Minnesota though. And we have two boys, uh, just turned seven. One is coming up on four. And I live here with my husband, Mike. We kind of have bounced around the country a little bit for his job over the years, but we've been in Texas now for about seven years, actually pretty much my oldest whole life. So it's been good. I've done a lot of job changes because of that. And I work in higher education. So I work at colleges. I've always really just kind of loved the life of being on campus and When we moved to Texas, I actually did a stint. I say a stint as a stay-at-home mom. I wanted to give it a try and kind of understand what that could be like and if that was something I wanted to pursue. And kind of about nine months in, I thought, you know, I think it might be better if I go back to work. And so pursued actually more of a corporate job that supports colleges. Uh, We sell software. So now I'm in higher ed tech uh, and have been there for about six years now. You didn't so much like being home. You thought it was best for you to get out of the house a little bit. (laughs) I can understand that. Yeah. You know, I do think that there is a set of circumstances where I could stay at home, but my husband travels a lot. He's got really long hours. So it wasn't like staying home from nine to five. It was like staying home Monday through Friday, 24 seven. Having no help. basically. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? A job would actually give me a break. So that is really kind of why I pursued that. I had a lot of conditions, you know, before going back, I was going to refuse to travel and I had to work from home a certain amount and it, you know, snowballed from there. And then I turned into like signing up for all the travel. I'm like, no, take me, take me. I'll I'll get on the airplane. (laughs) I got to get out of here. I need to rest. (laughs) Hotel. Yes. Yeah. So it changed. But yeah, I have mad respect for Working moms for stay-at-home moms, I think they're both their own level of hard. I think I've ultimately found what's working for us for now, but am open to always rethinking that based on the different seasons. You have to always reevaluate, don't you? Because things Mm -hmm. change. They always change. Yep, for sure. All righty, let's get to know you a little bit better. What was your first job? Oh, I worked at JCPenney in the men's department. And I loved it. Really? I had so much pride in like getting people through the line really efficiently. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I pictured you, you know, as a stylist and I like, you know, Mm -hmm. men's fashion is a big hole in my skill (laughs) set. My husband will be like, what should I wear? And I'm like, um, (laughs) and I like fashion. So it's weird. So I was about to respect the fact that you could put a male outfit together, but you were more on the register. (laughs) 
I was. And that was like my in because I really wanted to work in the juniors department because Mm -hmm. there you could wear jeans to work and scope out the good sales for the clothes I would actually buy. So eventually I moved my way over there. You did. Nice. Yes. Got to have goals in life. Yep. Goals. Big goals. (laughs) Yep. Uh (laughs) It's baby steps. What's the weirdest thing in your purse? Post-it notes. Oh. Yeah. I have like, I probably have some work to do in therapy around this, but like I really just need to have the ability to write something down at a moment's notice. And your phone's not good enough, huh? My phone is not good enough. You like to physically write it down. Okay. Well, yeah, but actually I do write it in my phone. The funny thing is I don't use these post-it notes. But I can't, Ooh. I can't take them out because mm-hmm. it makes me feel better knowing they're there. So someone's got to unpack that. We may need to start a pathological post-it note carrier club yeah. because <laughs> I have the same thing. I ha- every time I go to clean out my purse, I'm like, why is this sucker so heavy and it won't mm-hmm. close and blah blah blah. I have this little notepad that I, I got somewhere at some store as a, like a freebie, and it has a little cover, like it's so important, you know, a little leather cover yep. thing. And then a pin. And I cannot not carry that sucker. I've never used it. Yeah. And furthermore, I have a stack of post-it notes in the center console of my car, which is a very valuable real estate because it's very small, the mm-hmm. center console of this car. So I, I understand. I get you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There's something about like pen and paper being nearby. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> if you knew you could not fail, what would you do? Oh, I would be a Broadway actress. Yeah. Musicals. I love musicals. I love to sing and perform. And have you done that like in high school or at community theaters? Yeah, only growing up. And so I always think, gosh, could I get back into community theater? I think it would be so fun. But right now, this season is not super conducive for it. Your kids are at their... Well, I won't say they're neediest, but they're in, you're like in the second neediest phase. The clouds mm-hmm. are about ready to part, but for now, yeah, yeah especially with your husband traveling. Uh, what is your Enneagram number? Oh, I am a nine wing eight. I, oh. It's very important for me to say the wing. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm married to an eight and one of my daughters is a nine. That's the one type that I don't know how all those things could be inside one body. Right. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share our not-so-fancy moments so that our listeners remember they're not alone and nobody's as fancy as they Mm -hmm. look. So what do you have for us today? My embarrassing story, it actually didn't happen in a crowd. It didn't happen with a lot of people. It it actually just happened. It was just me and my husband. But it's one of those things like I don't want to tell people about because it's super embarrassing the fact that we even had this conversation. And it was soon after we had moved to Philadelphia. So I mentioned we're from Minnesota and my husband is like a lifelong Minnesotan. I am not. But when I married him, I just kind of assumed, okay, we're here. This is what we're going to do. We're going to raise our family with our families, all the things. And he came home two months later and said, you know, I actually think I'm open to moving with this company I'm with and there's an opportunity in Philadelphia. So we ended up taking it and kind of thought it would be like a really fun adventure for the two of us. We had such deep networks in Minnesota that we're like, okay, well, if nothing else, it'll bring us closer together because we'll just have each other. And having like moved around the country a bunch already before that, I was like, well, you know, and I can build a network anywhere. I'm not really too concerned. So we moved to Philadelphia and, you know, we're like, trying to make friends. It's not really going great, just kind of confusing in general because I had not had this problem before. I mean, it was fun. Like it did bring us closer together. It was an adventure. And 
we what we ended up doing a lot on our evenings was we watched How I Met Your Mother, that show. That was like <laughs> our time. That was like what we did. We sat on the couch, watched How I Met Your Mother and kind of like zoned out to our How I Met Your Mother friends. And one of the great things about living in Philly is that you can just like pop up to New York City. And we were planning this trip to go up one weekend and we were like, okay, what should we do? Where should we go? And at one point I was like, maybe we'll run into Lily and Marshall, (laughs) which are (laughs) our best friends. (laughs) Our best friends. Yeah. Two characters from How I Met Your Mother that are fictional. They don't exist. But I like legit was like, oh, maybe that can happen. I was, and I was even like, let's go to that bar where they hang out. <laughs> and <laughs> why not? Both of us were like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work. But even he at first was like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Well, and, wait, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. And it like took us both a second to be like, oh my gosh, like our best friends right now are five TV show characters that we've been <laughs> hanging out with. And, um, that's probably like a little bit of a cry for help here. So um, that was kind of like a turning point for both of us of like, okay, we're in this new city. Yes, it's great that we have become closer to each other, but we're probably not enough totally <laughs> and are going to have to expand this and figure this out and figure out kind of why it's not working. So it was really kind of a critical moment for me um, and turning point and really kind of like helping me figure out what does friendship look like in adulthood? How do you even make friends as an adult when you don't have a kid, when you don't have a dog? We were just like flying blind as to how to do this. Yeah, Lily and Marshall and How I Met Your Mother was kind of what helped us realize, you know, (laughs) we we had a problem on our hands that we needed to deal with. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. I love that. There's something really strange about that age group because you're done with school and you're done with all your training, right? So that's how you used to make friends. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward yep. to when you have little kids, then you're making your mom friends and your dad friends. And then yep. there's a an awkward period between when you're in school and when you have kids. And then there's another one when your kids kind of grow up. And you you addressed yeah. that some on your podcast, and I am in the middle of listening to that episode, how to get past mm-hmm. the awkwardness. <laughs> I just love yeah. that because I never thought about it the way you brought that up, and it is so true. It's it's a really funny time. You know, I guess you could fill it with your work people, but it just kind of depends mm-hmm. on what you do because you don't necessarily have a peer group at work. Yeah. Or they aren't necessarily the people that you would choose to hang out with. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry you had imaginary friends. Sorry you had to resort to that. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I mean, I did have a job. The the hard part was we were like an hour commute from the city. It just was like not convenient to hang out with people from work. And it was also a little bit of a pretty jarring experience too. I had grown up, I say, in, you know, kind of like a small private institutions and worked for one in Minnesota. And then I moved to a really large university that just was just wildly different. And so I was also just dealing with some culture shock there too. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that there, the potential wasn't there to be friends. It just, it was just a little jarring. So you guys were cocooning at that point. Yeah, you are. It reminds me of a time when my husband and I were first married and we lived in San Francisco and he'd been there for dental school a long time. So he had all of his dental school friends and I just moved there for the last three months of my medical school before residency started. And I didn't have any friends there really which is okay because I'm an introvert. I don't need much. 
But one time I was making a meatloaf and I opened the tomato paste and exploded all over the kitchen. Some of it landed on the meat. And I was like, we're not eating that. And, you know, we're newly married. We're totally broke. And he's like, yes, we are. That's where we can't throw away a whole pound of beef, you know? And I'm like, it's not worth dying over. So we had this huge fight. So then I was in the other room and it was a 450 square foot apartment. So you could hear everything that's going on. Suddenly I hear him doing stuff in the kitchen. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm I'm making dinner. He made chocolate chip cookies for dinner. I'm a total sweet tooth. And it was mm. such a an olive branch. Yeah. But then the next day I was like, I don't have anybody to tell the chocolate chip cookie story to. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to call my Reno friends and tell them about this because yeah. I don't know anyone here well enough. So that's a similar situation and time in our marriage to your story. Yeah. Like, I don't have anybody to share this with. It's okay. But it's, it is. It's like, oh. Yeah. And what I ended up doing is, particularly in that first year, because I don't think I had realized how much I had relied upon my work friends in Minnesota to just like tell my everyday stories to. And so I started my first blog in Philadelphia because I was oh. like, I don't know where to put these things. I guess the internet will take them. <laughs> yeah, it's an outlet. It doesn't have yeah. to be people mm-hmm. right away necessarily. You're still reaching yeah. out and connecting. After you started your blog, how long were you in Philadelphia and did you eventually make some good friends there or did you end up moving? We did end up making some really good friends. We did decide that after that first year, the place we had chosen to live, it was like a small condo unit. It had like eight units total, but there was just no common space. And we thought, okay, well, let's move to a larger condo area that has like a pool and grills and just more natural ways to run into people. That's what we did. After a year, we decided to move. And really the turning point came, there was a girl in our condo. We had like a Facebook page for people that lived there. And she said, hey, would anyone be interested in a book club? And like 30 women wrote like, sign me up. And so within like the next couple of weeks, we piled into somebody's condo. These things were not big. It was like (laughs) two bedrooms at the most was the largest one. The young people have to sit on the floor. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a bring your own appetizer situation. So 30 appetizers showed up, 30 women. (laughs) And the girl who had put out the charge had said, yeah, I actually just read this book. It was all about this girl who just moved to a new city with her husband. She was just married. And she was looking for her new best friend in that city because all of her best friends lived somewhere else. And so she went on 52 friend dates over the course of a year in the search of her best friend. And she wrote this book basically about that experience and what she learned about friendship and adulthood at that time. And so we thought, okay, let's have that be our first book because there's 30 of us in this room saying that we want to know our neighbors, we want engagement with them, we want meaningful interactions. And so that book was really a turning point for me because what I realized that I had been doing that I didn't know until that point was Philly was kind of like a a town where like everybody was from there. They all seemed to have these like established networks. And so I was going into every interaction assuming that people were set on friends and that They didn't have space for me. They were just being kind, you know, when we were chatting. I don't think I realized that that was kind of what I was bringing to those interactions. And so that book really helped me kind of shift that. And so I literally started going into every interaction after that, assuming that person wanted to be my best friend. 
And Hmm. that probably wasn't true either. And they were on audition. Yes. But essentially, I think my attitude changed, my body language changed, everything changed when I had that approach versus the, oh, you're probably not actually that interested in me. You're just being nice. And that's really when our networks exploded. Wow. That is fascinating. And since then, I've found, you know, some other books on friendship that are awesome too. But I loved the memoir approach. For me, it was very relatable in that season of like, yes, I am married. I am in this city where I know no one. And it's not that I don't have friends. I just don't have friends here. Right. And I don't know how to make that happen. So that was really helpful kind of validating some of the feelings I was having, but then also Mm -hmm. kind of giving me the kick in the pants to be like, yeah, but people actually want connection. Look at this room of women that you are sitting with, that you had assumed walking by them in the halls, that they were good. Like they have friends here in Philly. They've lived here their whole life, but yet they're still showing up saying, I want to know my neighbors. I want to be friends with the people Mm -hmm. I live near. I still have space for, I still have space. Yeah. And so that was really, really helpful for me to see and kind of have that visual of like, oh, I've been making some assumptions that are not correct here. Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. So now what is your number one trick when you meet someone that you think you might want to talk to again? I am famous for asking women for their contact information pretty much the first time I meet them. Even if I don't feel like there's a huge spark, I will do it because of what I learned. So we moved to Philly. We were there for five years and then we moved to Texas. And this time I had a baby. And I was like, okay, this is going to be easier this time because I've got a kid. And that is just more of kind of like a natural inroads to some mom groups and all of that. And there's, there are actually a lot of hard things about that, but we'll set that aside for a moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, we landed in Texas. We were going to close on our new home in like a week. And so we lived in this extended stay hotel for the week with our baby and two cats. And my husband went to work and I was like, well, I've got to make friends because I'm now a stay-at-home mom. And so I I want to see people and this is how it's going to happen. And so I hopped on Meetup and I saw the next day that there was these moms meeting up at a park to go walk. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Wow. It ended up being super windy. And like at the last minute, the girl who was hosting the walk was like, hey, do you guys just want to come to my house? At that point, we all had like four-month-olds. So it was just like babies. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, sure. Yep. I'll go to your house. And they were all just like, wait, what? You landed here like two days ago and like you're in a hotel right now and you came to this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't have time to waste. <laughs> I'm hitting the ground running. This I'm hitting the ground running. And you know, I've never directly been in sales. I've always kind of supported it in my corporate jobs and my even in higher ed being in admissions. And I know how it works. It's like you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. So when I meet a mom that has a kid within two years of mine and we had a conversation and they seem to live nearby, I will say, hey, it was like good talking to you. Do you want to exchange numbers? I can let you know the next time I'm coming to this park. It's always kind of more fun to meet up, you know, when there's other kids here. And so that is like my go-to line. I ask it of almost every mom that I meet, even if there wasn't like a deep connection, because Mm -hmm. that's too much pressure to put on a first encounter. Maybe something will happen. Maybe something won't. But I'm like, well, if I don't have her number, I'll never know. 
So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I have like hundreds of moms numbers in my phone that obviously have not become great friends, all of them, but some of them have. When you put them in your phone, did you put the kid's name too and then put so-and-so's mom or how do you do it? I'm just curious. Early on, I would actually put where I met them or like the setting because I might not have even gotten to know their kids' names. Like, I'm not kidding when I say I will ask you for your number within like a 20 minute meeting. But yeah, now I've gotten to the point of like kids' names, school. It's a little bit more sophisticated, but at the same time, (laughs) some of the people I'm getting numbers from, I am actually seeing more consistently. But in those like little years, you are not destined to run into people again at a park or even at the pool. And so I had to like get scrappy. You have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Remember to check out Shelfie Shop, S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. You guys, my original batch of women's loungewear with built-in shelf bra support sold so quickly that inventory is super low, but I'm getting another batch in about three weeks, I have a feeling it's going to go really fast too. Right now at shelfyshop.com, if you pull up the style, color, and size that you want and it's not in stock, you can click the button, email me when it's back in stock. Those emails are going to go out as soon as I'm able to log the new inventory and then I have a feeling it'll be a bit of a hustle to get your hands on your shelfies before they're gone again. And I'm having so much fun designing the cold weather line. You guys, we're going to have some custom prints made for sweatshirts and such. It is going to be so cute and so cozy, and I just can't wait. Use the code FANCYFREE for free shipping. Do you have a quick life hack that you think the listeners would like? Oh my gosh, I have so many, and they're all written down here on my post-it note. Wow. Look at you go. See, you used your post-it. I used my post I only have one post-it note next to me. Normally I have four, so I am a little stressed about that, but the one will do. Minimalism. <laughs> From a friendship perspective, my life hack is I always look for moms that are kind of like looking for connection as well. And I kind of like automate it on my calendar because the hard part for me about friendship and motherhood is all the planning that comes along with it that I didn't mm-hmm. realize you know, at first I was like, oh my gosh, it takes us like a month to get a mom's night out on the calendar between all of our like coordinations of our husbands and partners. And I'm just like, this is too hard. Totally. And so one of my hacks is just to set a recurring friend time. So for me, I've done every Wednesday was like mom's night at my house. Right now I've got like a, every other Thursday with another group of moms. I've got every other Wednesday weeknight dinners with one family that we've been bubbling up with. Take away the planning, set it once and just like, yes, move it as you need to. What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too? So I actually just finished a book that has not released yet. I got kind of an advanced copy, which is super fun by Laura Tremaine. It's her first book called Share Your Stuff. I'll go first. And I love it. I I love that title. I know, right? Oh, I love the title. But yeah, I think it should be the book club book of the year. I think it is going to transform our connections with each other for anyone that reads it. It gives you just such permission to have some really 
interesting conversations to tell some stories that maybe you haven't told yet, kind of doing what you're doing here, you know, giving people an outlet to talk about things that they wouldn't normally talk about. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm super excited for it to come into the world and for what it's going to do for all of us that read it. One of my other hacks that I didn't say is I buy birthday presents in bulk um, for kids, but I also do that for adults. And my favorite book last year was The Lazy Genius Way. It's just about like life hacking your whole life, basically. And it it. was what I gave out like candy all year. So I think this is going to be my book that I just order like 10 copies of and just hand them out on different like on birthdays or Christmas. What is one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking? I have freakish upper body strength. Oh, you're a Hulk. I'm a Hulk, but you can't technically tell that by looking at me. But yeah, I can like (laughs) out push up most boys and, you know, in the weight room for sports, the girls were like, wait, what? What what dumbbells did you just choose? I'm like, I don't know. It's my thing. (laughs) Wow. How did that happen? Is that just a natural thing for you or did you develop that? It's totally natural. Okay. Crazy. I've, I've done no development here. It doesn't even matter if I'm not working out. Like it's a joke between my husband. He's always, he'll always even look at like other people and be like, I mean, it's freakish. Yeah. Like, yep, she can do it. <laughs> That's so awesome. Okay. Tell my listeners about what you are doing online as far as helping people make their villages and connect with other women. Oh, yeah. So, you know, similar to the freakish upper body strength, I didn't really think I was doing anything that crazy when it came to making friends as an adult. But what I've learned in just having conversations with people is that like everybody kind of secretly feels like the odd mom out and Mm kind of like the one that like hasn't found their their person or their people. Then like you can't actually say that out loud that like you want a friend, like that's lame. Mm It's like, why do we date so intensely? And then once right. we find our spouse, it's like you just leave the friend thing up to the, a whim. Yeah. And it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as singular as a spouse, but it is so important in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just kind of learned early on, you know, particularly with that move with Philly that like, okay, well, friendship apparently doesn't just happen anymore. What I'm kind of doing in the online space through my podcast, through Instagram, through now a kind of group program is really just helping women understand that, no, you're not crazy. You're actually a really great person and someone that people would love to be friends with. Just navigating friendship and adulthood, particularly as moms, it just looks different now. And there's definitely some some tricks to make it easier, particularly from a time perspective. But so many of us are just like, you know what? My husband's going to be enough for right now, or my kids are going to be enough. And I just kind of call BS on that. I don't mm-hmm. think they're enough. I think we need each other. And we just need more opportunities to connect and know that we're all essentially seeking this connection, even if we're not saying it out loud. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think if you just have to be self-sacrificial, I think it is better for your kids and your husband that you have friends too. Yeah, absolutely. I am a better mom when I've 
had some time away. And also like that time away has been meaningful and like life giving to me. Or when you can send up a red flag, like, Hey, can somebody, I'm stuck in the ER with my mom. Can somebody go pick my kid up from half day kindergarten or something? You know? Yeah. And one of the most stressful things about moving to Texas with a baby was they were like, who is your emergency contact? I'm like, does a grandparent in Minnesota count? Oh, yeah. You know, like that's just kind of the space that you're in when when you move to a new city. And so I'm like, I'm not on a mission to find like surface level friends. I'm on a mission to find friends (laughs) that I can turn into emergency contacts. Right. This last fall, I launched the Fierce Friends program. And it's just a small group program where other moms, we come together and we kind of walk through some different pillars around adult friendship, how to make mom friends, everything from like the tricks our minds tell us to just kind of like those tangible, practical ways to like, okay, well, how do I walk up to a group of moms that are in a circle Mm -hmm. and have it not be weird? So kind of normalizing all of that and giving people the tools to do those types of things. But it all starts kind of with that head game of, oh, like it's actually okay to walk up to that circle. They're not trying to be exclusive. The feedback from the first group of moms was amazing. And I'm I'm super pumped. I'm going to relaunch the program again this spring, probably a couple of times because I do like to keep it small because the the community we build in there alone is is really life-giving. Oh, awesome. I love it. Tell them exactly how to find that. The best place is to go to my website, theconnectedmomlife.com. You'll find the podcast, you'll find the Fierce Friends program, and you'll find kind of all my freebies too around navigating friendship and motherhood. I love it. And how can they find you on Instagram and Facebook? Oh, same. The Connected Mom Life. And we have got like a, you know, private Facebook community too, where you can ask all your questions that you don't want to put out there to the whole world as well. Yes. Your private little slice of the internet. That's what I say about the fancy Mm -hmm. free group too. It's like, oh, we just talked all about bras yesterday on the fancy free group. (laughs) Who takes (laughs) off their bra right when they get home? And what do you do? And oh my gosh, so much fun. So fun. Oh, Emily, this was so great. I love talking to you. I think I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was super fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. Wasn't Emily amazing? I love her intentional approach to adult friendships and It doesn't hurt that she doesn't take herself very seriously. I thought her sense of humor was adorable. It was just so much fun to talk to her. Make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 97 to get all the links that we discussed today. Next week, we have Shantia McIntyre on the show, who is an influencer that I found on Instagram and has a funny story about bike riding. Remember to subscribe to the show so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. Like you guys, I just got finished interviewing Leanne Morgan. If you don't know who Leanne Morgan is, you're so missing out on following her. She's hilarious. She's Southern and she is just so fun and so sweet. She has a heart of gold. We had an amazing conversation And I can't wait to share it with you. That's going to be a sort of an additional regular episode on a Wednesday or Thursday in the next few weeks. Also, if you have a story to tell, let's do a listener story. Go to fancyfreepodcast.com, click the red button, record a voice memo. I'll clean it up on my end, and then we'll feature you in listener stories. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. The question of the week this week is, has it been hard for you to make friends as an adult? I have one ask today, and that is that you would tell at least one friend that you think would have some fun with a fancy-free podcast about the podcast. 
Have a great week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. 